everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cosy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Welcome back to another episode of Witchcasting with Theodora Pendragon. My special guest today is Tandy Boyer, and she's a transformational coach, but she also wears several other hats. Welcome, Tandy. Thank you so much for having me, Theodora. Tell us about the different hats that you wear. First of all, I appreciate being here and I appreciate being able to talk about my many hats. Uh, I don't know if you personally know anything about human design. It's something I kind of learned about about three, four years ago. And it was, uh, it brought some clarity, uh, to why I'm who I am. I have had probably more different kinds of jobs in my life than most average people that I know that have maybe worked one job their whole career or something. But um, I can start from now and go back or start from back and come forward. But I think I'll let you know right now that I am a 66-year-old personal trainer, and I've been doing that for 17 years. As a matter of fact, I just came from the gym. I I live in sunny Florida, but it's pouring rain out there today. That's why it's a little bit dark in here, and I my hair looks like it does. But I started my journey into fitness about 18, 19 years ago when I had some health issues and I hired a trainer and he helped me lose 100 pounds in reverse type 2 diabetes. And that was the catalyst to becoming a trainer in the fitness industry. Um, that dominoed into I'm just one of those people. Um, I mentioned human design. My lines are one, three, which just simply means I'm always learning and researching and exploring. And so through that, I just got certified in almost everything you can think of under the umbrella. (laughs) My passion had been yoga. I'm a registered yoga teacher. I owned a small studio. I live on a small island. It's actually a peninsula off the east coast of Florida. It's a barrier island. I owned a small yoga studio for uh, several years, maybe six or seven years. And that probably was the most happiest I could remember doing anything in my whole life. It sounds corny to say, but yoga literally changed my life. And, And for the first time, I actually fell in love with me and I had not ever felt that way before. So I was just passionate about sharing that and uh, really enjoyed that for quite a while. And then of course I, we all know when we say the year 2020, what happened there and closed the yoga studio and 
made and I'm still working on my online business. And I had been certified as a life coach in 2006. It kind of went hand in hand with the personal training when you're training People just talk about everything and you listen. If you're a good coach, you're a good listener and and so forth. So I thought I would try my hand at bringing all of that knowledge online. And that's presented to be quite the challenge, but I'm up for it. Uh, So that's kind of where I've been lately. I work part-time at an actual job as a physical therapy tech I've learned a lot from that that I was able to use with um, some of my clients I work with um, have Parkinson's disease. So I've just have just been a, a broad spectrum of loving to be of service and helping people with their health and fitness. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing um, the last 15, 17 years uh, to where I, I kind of went in the last 10 years I had been widowed. And so that's why I was just, I'm a hustler, just doing whatever I could to keep the roof over my head and the bills paid and, and all that good stuff. So um, I have a lot of energy and uh, I will do whatever it takes. And, and that means like running a business, getting in my car and going to clients' homes and businesses to teach fitness or private yoga or whatever it I had to do. And and uh, that that keeps me pretty busy and out of trouble for the most part. In one of your past careers, you were also a dancer. Oh yes, I I was. Um, that must have been fun. <laughs> Actually, the kind of funny thing was is I just I was born into a family of entertainers, and so I just kind of was very exaggerated from a very early age. The way that all came about really is more tragic than glamorous by all stretch of imagination. Um, I was born of parents that were 16 years old. So basically children raising children. And I left home at 16 and ended up working in, in bars under age. And there came a point where a gal didn't show up for a shift one night and um, the manager took me into his office and there was lots of costumes hanging on the walls and he had me pick out a costume. He kind of looked like Santa Claus to tell you the truth. He had a big fat beer belly and he showed me how to spin around and he put me on stage and um, announced me as Jamie Jameson, and I ended up working as a burlesque dancer for 15 years. Granted, this was 40 years ago, so, you know, I mentioned my age at the beginning, so I was a real young person. I won a little contest uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. I was Miss Nude Kentucky. That sounds like fun. It, it was. I won $500, and I bought a washer and dryer, so there's there's my practical Virgo side for you. Um, but I had a couple of agents and I just took my little show on the road and I traveled through about oh, 35 or 40 states before I ended for about three and a half, four years and uh, ended up in the Boston area. And that will circle around to probably where, where you picked me up. I lived in Salem, Massachusetts for 22 years and that's when I stepped into learning about 
Wicca. And um, first I was just kind of fascinated by it. I really didn't identify with anything. I was always a rebel. I always knew I was different. I didn't, nothing my family or friends ever did in any religious way resonated with me. And and I'm not saying anything bad about any of it. It just wasn't for me. And there are a few things that have happened in my life where you just feel like you came home. And and that was one of them for me. The yoga was later on, but, but the, the, the witchcraft, it's in Salem. It's prominent. There's no secrets about it. They're walking the streets in their garb. I actually, I don't know. You look like you're kind of young. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lori Cabot, but she was the uh, renowned uh, witch, official witch of Salem. And she was very distinctive looking. You knew who she was when she walked down the street. Uh, she had a little shop. I want to say it was on Cabot Street. It's been a long time since I was in in the Boston area. And you would just go in there and all the incense and oils and jewelry and and things like that. Of course, Salem is very touristy. Uh, you October is mad. If you live there, you can't even drive your car on the streets in, in October. Uh, but there's just something kind of exciting about it. And uh, like I said, I lived there in and near Salem for the whole time I was in Boston. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. And uh, I cut to the chase a little bit. When I decided to move, I, I moved from Massachusetts to Florida. And when I got down here, I felt like I couldn't talk about that anymore. Tell us why you felt you couldn't talk about it. Here you were in Salem, Massachusetts, where everyone is open about living the magical life as a witch, which was your first introduction to it. And then you moved to Florida. Why did you feel you couldn't talk about it? Um, if you ever came here, you'd probably see that. It's, it's primarily a retirement community, and it's just a entirely different lifestyle. And they even dubbed themselves living the Florida lifestyle. And there just wasn't that around me. And I had gotten married. And so my focus shifted and different things happened. I, like I said, this is when I hooked up with my personal trainer and I started really focusing on some self-care. So there's a bridge between being a burlesque dancer and gaining a hundred pounds. First of all, I'm tiny. I'm five foot one. And I went through a very emotional breakup and I beat myself up and self-medicated with food and alcohol. And of course this didn't take overnight. So when I came to Florida in a short amount of time, I started I decided I needed to take my life back and start working on myself. So I wasn't anywhere in a place where I was just going to fly down the street looking like a witch. And well, I sort of do, but you know, but I wasn't really talking about it. And I was, um, I didn't have friends here. I only had my husband. And so I literally was starting over from having a pretty good sized community of associates and friendships to being alone. And so that I think I coupled with my health conditions I was dealing with, 
Um, I just wasn't flaunting it. I never stopped feeling like I was anything less than um, a witch, um, you know, but just a solitary practitioner, very quiet, little witchy ways that I have with my my gardens and my herbs and my sage and my candles and and things that make me feel comforted by doing that and and whatnot. My husband, uh, he didn't care. He knew, but he was 24 years older than me and he was just tickled to death that I married him. And it, you know, it, was, it was crazy. He, I met him in a strip club. So, you know, he knew a lot about me before all of that. I knew him for 10 years before I got married. And then we were married for 10 years before he passed away. So, you know, his family didn't understand and it wasn't for anyone to understand, you know, my marriage. It wasn't any of anybody's business, but um, they didn't understand because you were a witch. They didn't understand because of a lot of things, the dancing, the witchcraft, uh, the age difference, uh, you know, the just a lot of stuff like that. Um, he was pretty well off. I had a, I was a, lived in a different tax bracket than I had ever lived in before. And I think that they were insecure about that. And you know, families get really strange when someone passes away. So they did, they were not very nice to me and, you probably added a lot of color to his life. Oh my God, he yes, but you yes. Feel at his home now first wife had passed away found. in 1990, if I remember correctly, and I married him in 2003. So he had been alone for a long time, and his family were all grown adults at this point. So he had moved to Florida when he retired. I had known him, like I said, ten years before I got married to him. He had invited me to come to Florida two years or three years before I finally decided to, because he knew I was in a relationship and whatnot. And when the relationship failed for lots of different reasons, I called him up one day and said, that, that invitation's still open. I'm ready. <laughs> and so he, uh, he said, I'll be up in Boston in a couple of weeks. We'll go to dinner. I hung up the phone, called my mother and said, I'm going to marry Bill and move to Florida. I already knew. I just knew that that was going to be the case. So I, I moved to Florida. He flew up uh, to Massachusetts. I got on a plane, came to Florida. And two weeks later, we flew out to Las Vegas and got married with an Elvis impersonator. So that was very, I've had a very colorful tapestry of a life. And um, people have told me for years I should write a book. And I had, I had two years ago, I just couldn't stop writing. Writing is my art. I have always been a writer, but I'd never really put it all together. And two years ago, I started writing a book about my life as a burlesque dancer and out popped eight little books on healing trauma because that's basically what I've been doing. Um, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol and abusive men and women throughout that course of the whole journey. And then when I did come to Florida, even though I didn't, you know, go around announcing my beliefs and religion and whatnot. I spent a lot of time and to this day, because I think healing is a lifelong journey. We all have something in our life that requires us to pay attention and heal from and not be triggered and all of this kind of thing. So, so that's been a big part of my life in Florida. And what's helped me with all of that is my being able to help other people. Uh, it, it's given me purpose that I didn't, feel like I had before. You know, I ended up 
working in nightclubs as a child, basically at 18 or 19 years of age. And I never gave myself a chance to have whatever a normal life might look like. And I just felt like it wasn't meant for me. I never felt, I felt, I felt at home when I was on stage because I don't know the costumes, the attention, the money, you know, it was, it was just a lifestyle. And I think you can look at any a genre of anything and it, and it can be a lifestyle. So, so I did that for a long, long time, but I did write a book. I self-published and sometimes I go back and read and go, wow, that's, that was me and my incredible life. But um, I will circle back around and let you know that I started branching out a little bit. And I, when I owned the yoga studio, I started um, meeting and becoming part of communities who thought a little more like me about some things. And there is a gal, I don't know if she identifies herself as a witch per se, but she's a medium. And so she's got a little bit of different, uh, similar ways of thinking about things that we do. And uh, she has a little shop. Um, I know you can see my ugly little kitchen behind me, but the view I'm looking at in front of me is the Indian River. So across the river is a little historic downtown area, and she owns a shop called the Angel Oasis. And that's where I started meeting people that were a little more the same vibe that I had always felt myself to be. And I felt like I could just kind of be more who I am around that group of people than just your average person going to the beach kind of thing. Cause you know, I live 10 minutes from Cocoa beach. So there's a lot of that, you know, beachy lifestyle mentality, which I never felt like part of. So, but you feel at home now with this new community that you found. Um, pretty much um, in 2019 at Angel Oasis, I met a Russian gal who is um, a Peruvian shaman. And I took the whole Mona Key Rites series and we met once a month for nine months, which essentially gives you the, if you want to call it a title or lack of a better way to explain it, means I'm a shaman apprentice. And then again, 2020 happened. I lost a lot of clients because no one wanted I was working out of gyms. I closed my yoga studio. So all of that kind of got put on hold for a while. And I got offered a job, which I was very grateful to have the job. But I was very focused on you know, catching up with the old bills and stuff like this. And and um, so just recently, uh, with a different circle, and not as, not across the river, but not terribly far from here, about... 40 minutes, a gal that owns a center and she is a master shaman. And I started taking the MESA course with her and it's a almost two year journey to do that. But I just, I love it. When I leave her establishment, I, I just have that sense of, I found my people again, kind of thing. So and there's a lot of people I, uh, now I've lived in Florida for 20 years. And so I, I have built a community of more like-minded people. And so the, a lot of those people know this gal that owns the shop. So I feel really excited about 
becoming a shaman. I know the requirements for me to be able to ever teach the Monarchy or the Mesa course. Uh, it's uh, quite the journey. It's several years of all of that. I don't, <laughs> I'm just going to keep learning. I, I, I guess I'm going to have to live to be about 112 years old to do all the things I want to do, but. And you probably will. Uh, maybe I will, but if it feels really good to again be in a community of people who think a little bit different than most people, you know, like who are not thinking it's something evil or voodoo or dark or anything like that. So, um, you went from living in Salem, Massachusetts for 22 years when you moved to Florida and didn't have that community there. What advice can you give the listeners who are searching for that place they can say, I'm home now? How did you do that? I'll be honest, it wasn't very easy because contrary to my very colorful life, I'm quite the introvert and I, I'm almost most comfortable in my solitude. So for me to step out of that box, I really had to feel very compelled and brave to do it. And I will almost up to the last minute go, okay, I don't know why I signed up for that. I'm just going to stay home. And, you know, but I did, I just said, just go because I need, I needed that. Yeah. You can't, just like the online business that I'm working on, I have gotten to a point where it was abundantly clear that I can't do it alone. And so with the same thought in mind, with, you know, being different and feeling alone, you need to have that community. And so my advice would be just seek out, you know, all you got to do is Google something like a crystal shop and you're going to find people who are in there who are understanding crystals have power and you might meet your community there or even one person there that knows a little bit more and can lead someone in that direction if that makes sense. You know, like for me, it was finding Angel Oasis and the lady that owns this place she's outrageous and I love that about her. She dresses that we have these events uh, annual events, uh, I'm sure Renaissance fairs kind of things. And she's always dressed up with her bustier and these giant boobs hanging out. And I'm like, I love her. <laughs> you know, she's like unapologetically who she is. And that's what we all need to be brave enough to do is be who we are. And people don't have to like us and we don't have to care because if you start worrying about, Oh my gosh, they're not going to like me. You're going to be so disappointed. You know, um, you just have to be brave and step out there and be who you are. And your people will be attracted to you for that reason. Just like when I saw that gal, I went, oh, my God, I, she's fabulous. She's she's just out there and she's being herself. And she's very successful. Her business has been there for as long as I can remember. And um, so and she reminds me of Lori Cabot, of the uh, official witch of Salem. She just walked around those streets with all of her black gowns flowing and her long gray hair. And, and um, she was just unapologetically herself. And, and uh, she did not take a second notice if people didn't like what she was doing. She just did her thing. I had a lot of that in me when I was dancing. I was pretty brash, to be honest with you. I, I took no shit. I drank whiskey. I could, I was just 
you know, love me or leave me. I don't care. I'm fine either way. You know, I softened up a little bit with my old age, I guess. And I did sort of, when I was married to someone who was in a, had a professional job, a little more aware of how people might perceive me. And then I just couldn't worry about that either. And being online with the, with the presence that I have and I have in the last maybe year really started talking about being a witch and my content on Facebook. I have numerous pages in my website where I'm promoting my coaching skills. I'm not making it a secret. And for what I just said, uh, the people who are repelled by that can not let the door hit them in the ass. And the people that are like, oh my God, she's my gal will be there. And that's who I'm talking to. And that's who I attract. And that's who I want it to help. You can't help someone who resists in any way. You know, people have to go, I need help. And I've had to be that person, you know, like I know that when I needed to lose weight and reverse type two diabetes, no one could do that for me. And I remember the day I was sitting in my a living room. And I said, if I don't get up off my ass and walk out the door, nothing's going to change. And I feel that way about everything, you know, and we have to be brave. And when we, even when we feel scared and that's, what's called courage. And I've had to have show up for myself with courage in my heart and in my decisions, even if I am a huge mess or make mistakes, they're all there to learn from. You also call yourself the aligned alchemist. Yes, I do. Well, alchemy itself, and to be perfectly transparent, when I was playing with names for my business, I Googled alchemy, and it said, quite simply, changing something ordinary to extraordinary. And with my yoga practice, um, alignment was not just a physical thing, but also the mind-body connection and the mind-body-spirit connection. So the alignment that came with learning about living a yogic lifestyle. Um, so I just kind of toyed with it and, it and it resonated with me. It wasn't really any scientific light bulb aha. I really played around and wrote a bunch of different uh, names down and thought on it. And like I said, writing is my art. So sometimes I just wake up in the middle of the night and start writing things down. And that that was one of the things that, that stuck for me. So the alignment is kind of what I've just been talking about, showing up your authentic self, whatever that means for you, and not having fear that not everybody's going to like us where we're at when we have our own fierce truths to speak about who we are and what we've been through. And and I am a storyteller, thus the book and so forth, and talking to you and telling my story because I feel like the people who need to hear that you can go through all kinds of things in your life and still be okay. They need to hear that. And so I get thanked an awful lot for sharing my story. My story, my, my mother was the first abuser in my life. I went from living that to drugs and alcohol 
And to be honest with you, I was having the time of my life. I was having the most fucking fun ever. I didn't think of it as abuse or addiction <laughs> or a problem. You know, like I was young. I was wild. I was crazy. I loved it. I didn't take no shit off anybody. I was kind of a badass like that. And I lived like that for 15 years until it started taking its toll on me. So it was a colorful tapestry, but there was a lot of abuse and a lot of self-abuse in there because up until my yoga practice that I mentioned, I didn't think I ever even understood what self-esteem or self-respect or self-love or self-care, any of those things, because I never had that as a child. So a lot of healing, the inner child wounds, the witch wounds, the mother wounds, the sister wounds, and all of that, and always feeling like the black sheep. And then lo and behold, as time and fate would have it, I'm a freaking genius, and my mother and my sister are a hot mess with their own addictions that won't get help. This is why I know if you don't think you have a problem, you can't get help for it. I have had to love them from afar for a very long time because I enabled them. Like I said, I married a husband that had kind of deep pockets. They always asked for money. I always gave it to them until I was... And they lived a thousand miles from me, so I didn't know a lot of things until the light bulb came on for me. My mother had a gambling addiction. She asked to borrow $12,000 in 2004. And uh, my husband said, okay. And I said, nope. Well, we had a hurricane that tore half my roof off, and I put a new roof on. And I said no to my mother for the loan. And she didn't talk to me for eight years. So there's been a lot of that kind of stuff that I've had to deal with, which is emotional. I'm not disconnected from it, but there's been space and healing around that. I'm better off in my life to not have those relationships with people who don't want to help themselves and which is still a heartbreaking thing, but it is what it is. And uh, so just taking care of ourselves in the best way we know how until we learn better and then we do and be better. And that's all we can all do. We're just human at the end of the day. And, um, Finding something that makes you feel good about being alive. You know, that I think there's a lot of pain in the world. Everything you experienced in life makes you the person you are today. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I have no regrets. There's been times I thought I did. And I thought, no, if that hadn't happened, my life would have taken a different turn. It all had to be exactly what it was. You know, like, even if I before I was born, chose my mother to be my mother. I still can't figure out why, but it is what it is. It was for me to learn. And I'm breaking generational conditioning every day. That's my goal is to not ever live like that. And um, I don't have children. My mother made it abundant deadly clear. It was horrible to have children. And uh, of course, the lifestyle I chose for myself, there wasn't room for that. And um, uh, so, you know, I I can't regret that either. I, I made choices and I live with them and I I respect myself for the choices I made, even when they were hard. And um, it brought me to here. It brought me to a place of being able to hold space with love for my clients that essentially just means being able to listen to them without judgment so that they can feel free to be who they need to be and maybe feel like that they're okay 
And if they don't feel okay, that they will be okay because we are going to all be okay. You know, we really will. Your website is thealignedalchemist.com. Yes, ma'am. What do you offer your clients? I have others, several services. One thing that I usually share right away is I do, I do charge a fee for what I call a clarity call. You might call that a discovery call, but I spend a, what I feel is a fair amount of time on the call could be up to two, two and a half hours. And it could be a very uh, condensed coaching call, or it could just be a discovery call where you decide you would like to work further with me. And if that's the case, I apply the fee to whatever program they might be interested in. I feel like I've tried to put things in a price point for anybody could be able to uh, afford it. So I can do a human design reading. I can do tarot readings. I can do activations and guided meditations, some of the more affordable ways to work with me. And then I do and love and am passionate about working with clients one-on-one in coaching. So I do have a couple of programs that are a little, run a little bit longer. I have a three and four month program that are, are the little more pricier ones. I did at one time run a six month program, but I felt like it was a little bit long. And on the other end of that spectrum, I think anything less than three months, if you're looking for transformation, it's not enough time because it does, everything really requires us to put in the effort and the work. You know, it's like you can't go to the gym and just walk around and look at the machines and think you're going to get a benefit from it. So there, I do have homework. Uh, for people, <laughs> I know, darn it. <laughs> you can't lose that 25 pounds for me, shoot. Um, but, uh, so yeah, there's, there's several different ways to work with me and several different options. Some of it's just fun, you know, like the, the tarot cards and the, the human design. I find fun and informational. When I found out my human design type, which I'm a generator, which explains why I can have all this great energy. I loved reading about the characteristics that make each type that human design type. And I think if you read something or learn something that explains why you may be doing things the way you do them, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's why I'm I'm a teacher and I'm a student. And the only way to be a good teacher is to be a great student. That's pretty much what my design type says of me. There's a lot more and there's a lot of layers to the human design, but just kind of top of the day. But so, um, you know, if someone wants to just kind of poke around, see what I'm all about and, um, and then feel like, Oh yeah, you know, she's hitting some things that I really enjoy and want to work further with me. There's some options there. Of course, for local people here in Central Florida, I do work out of a couple of gyms for personal training. Uh, I do travel to people's home and businesses for private exercise or yoga classes. So when I can fit that into my schedule, I love doing that. That's what I'm, I, I love to do all that stuff in person too. <laughs> so my, uh, everything online is virtual is sort of what we're doing now. I'm curious about the human design. You mentioned there are different types. Can you touch on that a little bit? Okay. Are you familiar with human design at all, Theodore? I'm not. 
Oh, good. Well, then great. That makes me a, an expert then, right? <laughs> you are. You're the expert. Thank you. Uh, human design is a meld of astrology, the I Ching, the uh, Kabbalah, the Hindu chakra system or chakra, however you like to say that. So it's a meld of these wonderful modalities. And there are five, I believe, human design types, a manifester, manifesting generator, generator, projector, and reflector. So of these five types that make up the entire population of the world, generators, which is what I am, and I'll tell you how you find that out in a minute, and then you can go look that up, and you're more than welcome to contact me anytime to to ask me questions about that. But um, generators are known as the workforce energy of the world, and we make up about 37% of the world population. So the manifesting generator is a combination of the manifester and the generator. So there's some lines that cross there that are are similar. Uh, The projector is a very rare type of human design. If I'm not mistaken, they make up either seven or nine. I don't have any information in front of me. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head what I know about it. Uh, Seven or 9% of the world population. So they are a more rare breed of person. And I'll go a little bit into that in a minute. And reflectors are the rarest human design type being 1% of the world population. That being said, each type has what's called centers and they're defined or undefined. Think of your chakra system. If you go on to, you could actually just Google human design and there would be websites that you, for free, that you can, You it's very helpful to know your time of birth. So you would just put in your name, the town and state you were born in, and your birth date and time of birth. And it will produce a chart and it will give you some information about your human design type. And it looks like a funny little chart. And there's all these centers, your head, your throat, your heart, very similar to your chakra system, and they will be defined or undefined. Defined means the center will be colored in, and the undefined means it will be white or open. The centers that are defined and colored in is your energy, and the centers that are undefined or open is where you pick up other people's energy. For example, in my design chart, I have two open centers, my G center, which is the heart center and my root. And I think that that I'm also an empath. So I feel everything so deeply. And so once I learned that about myself and, and, and the root, you know, our root chakra has to do with being grounded, the stability in our life, our financial situation, and it's very close to our sex organs. So it's got a lot of that energy. Uh, to have that open, it's like I'm picking up energy from, from all over the world and from different people. Once you sort of learn what your chart is speaking to, then you can put into practice ways to try to recognize, is this my energy 
Or is this your energy I'm picking up on? If that makes sense. I hate to use this analogy, or I don't hate, but it's like an onion and you're peeling all these layers. So there's just layers upon layers upon layers of things to learn. There's the centers, there's the lines, like I'm a one, three generator. That means a hermit and a investigator or something of that nature. Uh, and I was just reading some of, of that information before we got on this call. Uh, so we each have these two numbers. Looks like uh, a one slash three is mine. And there's only about eight combinations of these numbers. And then, of course, when you're seeing your chart, there's numbers down the side. And it's all to do with the planets and stuff. So now we have the astrology part coming in. So there's gates and lines and astrology and planets and uh, a lot of this kind of thing. And it gets pretty deep. I just love it. I love learning about it. I, I think when we all hear about something like this. We want to know, well, what is mine? What about me? And then once you learn that, for women who have children, it's good to know what your children's human design type is that might help explain to you why this child behaves this way and this other child behaves a completely different way. Some people might just think it's all hooey, like whatever people who think astrology and chakras and all that stuff and yoga is all hooey but there's I feel like there's substance to it it's a huge huge thing there's a woman that's in my coaching community who um lives in Canada that was on the France Vogue cover because she's a multimillionaire teaching human design so there's you know there's more to it than what I'm able to talk to today. But so I would say that would be a pretty good place for you to start. Just Google the words human design. A site that I go to is mybodygraph.com. There's another site. It's quantum human design, I believe. Karen Curry Parker is the originator of that. Um, that's who I actually got certified in human design through. And I'm really in the beginning journey of, of what I know about all of that. It's a lot. It's an awful lot. So, so I hope that helps you a little bit. It's pretty fascinating to me. And I find it very helpful to know these things. I, and I like to learn that kind of stuff. It just kind of all falls under that holistic umbrella of learning about who you are, how to better move through your life and full, hopefully make better choices for yourself along the way. This is all so fascinating. Now I need to know my design type. Oh, good, good. The good thing about my body graph is it will give you some descriptions about what your type is. But if you don't know the bigger picture, you might feel a little confused. But some of it, you'll, you'll go, oh, that's what Tandy was talking about. And just getting some foundation stuff on there. And then you can always grow from there. And if you wanted to learn more, I can point you in some directions of some people I know that teach it. And it's right down that alley of being just a little bit different in life, you know? <laughs> so being different makes life more magical. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm pretty much on all the platforms, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I don't talk about Twitter too awful much. I My account is mostly uh, as an animal activist. I've been vegan for 30 years. So the, the non-vegan people probably won't like me too much if they go to my Twitter account, but that's okay. That's what I said earlier. I can't, can't please all the people. So, 
But uh, Facebook, uh, Tandy Boyer, the Aligned Alchemist, the uh, Instagram also backslash Tandy Boyer underscore the Alchemist. LinkedIn is probably the same thing. So, and I have fun posting on all of that. I I have a a lovely following that I'm blessed. And uh, my specialty and goal for many years has been to support women in their health and wellness and well-being. But what I have found is that I attract a good number of men to my social media. Some of them send me messages and asking questions. I do not do free coaching in the DMs. I will talk to you a little bit, but I am entertaining just recently of putting a program together like for men only kind of thing. I definitely have to do some research. Men's health is not my what I specialize in. Um, even though I've been in the fitness industry for a long time, I, I've always had female clients. I, I've had men in, in my yoga studio, but uh, that's a different thing. But uh, I'm trying to see what I might be able to come up with to offer a program for men only where they would maybe benefit from being able to talk to somebody like me that's that's got the colorful background that I have. (laughs) Thank you, Tandy, for all your wisdom and sharing your colorful life with us. That's been my pleasure, young lady. I appreciate you inviting me on. Well, thank you for calling me a young lady, but actually I'm 61. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate it when someone calls me a young lady. (laughs) I had a lady yesterday go, you're so young. And I'm like... Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, on that note, I will share as a a last little delightful piece of information. I am 66, as I mentioned. I still have my grandma, and she is 102 years old. And she gets up and exercises five days a week. And she says if she doesn't move, everything freezes up. So I just tell my clients, we have no excuses. So uh, she's my inspiration. Unfortunately, she's lost her hearing. So we've become pen pals. And I have started sharing a little bit more about my life that she's never knew about. We're, uh, I'm in Florida and she's in Indiana. So I don't get to see her as much as I would like to. But uh, good genes and longevity. And I think I'm going to be around to uh, be of service for a long, long time. And with your mindset, you probably will make it to 100. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Tandy. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine. (laughs) 